0: Welcome to The Times. To find out more, head to thetimes.co.uk.
1: Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with goals.
2: I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and joining us on a bumper panel this week are not one, but two former Premier League footballers or Premier League stars... As, uh, as as I think by contract some newspapers have to refer to them as uh, they are Tony Cascarino and the excellent James Scowcroft. Down the phone we have Rory K. Smith as well. Because of the situation right now in central London people may come and go. We are taping this as live so who knows who might drop in or might drop out in the course of this podcast. There's always <laughs> one. and like uh, As I said, Bones it's off, as please. live. And who is it whose phone was still on? Tony Cascarino's. Tony Cascarino. Right, it's off now. Tony, Tony Cascarino, 53 going on, 14. I'll tell you, I'm a little bit, actually a little bit older than 14. 16, 17. Yeah. Yeah. You can get into pubs. Coming up, we'll be reviewing West Ham versus Manchester City. We'll talk a little bit of goal line technology. Uh, but first, let's focus on the Emirates. Cass, I'm going to start with you. Arsenal and Chelsea. 18 minutes in, Per Mertesacker gets a red card. Arsene Wenger, he actually saw it this time, but he's not really convinced. Do we need to argue that it was a red card in the sending off? I didn't quite see what the debate was, but... Look, it's the type of challenge that Costa is looking to go across a defender,
1: and if you slightly get caught, minimal contact, you go down, and then it's no debate. It becomes, like you said, is is wiser an argument over a red card? Because the laws clearly state that final defender, which he was, and he was away at goal and the referee saw it as a foul, it's a no-brainer. He has to send him off.
2: Well, was there, could he have seen it as not a foul?
1: Um. Well, look, Costa's doing what many forwards do in the game. Um, they will go down. Um, in certain situations, they'll go across your line. So you, uh, you well, That's what defender, you're taught
2: to do, right? It's a con- I mean, yeah. You go um, across his line.
1: You know, the forward looks for the defender. But, you know, I think most players, certainly you always go back and you always reflect back of what players would do. So try and stay on the feet and try and score. Uh, it's not in the fault of the modern-day footballer. They would go down, send him off, and um, he gets his goal anyway. Because, like always, I think he did spoil the game. But that's the bigger picture. But the right decision was made. Anybody
2: would to argue that it was a wrong decision?
3: No. Uh,
0: I think he's clever, isn't he? Like uh, like yeah. Cass says, as soon as you go across him, you're asking him a massive decision, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, are you going to stay on your feet? Are you going to tackle me? and uh, two things happen. He either goes down or he takes him out of the game by going across him and then it's almost impossible to get back round in, isn't it? So mm. it, it's almost You clever. would have done like, exactly
2: what yeah, Diego Costa yeah, did, yeah. right?
0: I'm not sure I would have gone down, but I don't think you can really blame him. It's poor defending. Arsenal have got far too high a line.
2: Sure, from a, I know I realise you guys weren't mm. defenders, but you've watched defenders, but is once Mertesacker was in that position because of the, some of the dubious positioning and the ball's gone through, is there a way he could have defended it differently could he have tried to maybe chase Costa and try to shepherd him away or, or was at that point it just would have been a clean run onto onto the keeper
0: well I think you've got to be 99% sure that you're going to get the ball because if you don't get the ball you're in a you're out of the game and B probably going to get sent off if you touch touching really so I think you, you, you stay on your feet and then you let him because Koscielny wasn't too far away you got checking goals, goals. You know, so, it, so it's still hmm. still got a little bit to do Costa yeah. And if you give up a goal,
2: more importantly, yeah. it's 11 versus it's, 11.
0: it's decision-making, isn't yeah. it? And you've got a millisecond to well, make it. Anybody
2: decisions. know why he looked across the line? What, what, Who he was looking at? He wants offside, doesn't he? And so he thinks that by looking, he's going to get offside? I mean, or is that just an instinctive... Yeah,
0: instinctive.
1: We say it's
2: instinctive, but I haven't seen that happen too many times. Mm. Where somebody... It, it looked as if like it broke his stride and messed up his coordination, to me. Right, well, no. we'll ask no. Saka when we next have him on. <laughs> um, Rory... Okay, so centre-back gets sent off. You have to put on another central defender because it's, it's, it's written in the laws of football that you must play with two centre-backs always and everywhere. So Gabriel comes on, and there's an uproar because he takes off Giroud. Now, is, is it fair to really have a go at him over this? I mean, you can kind of see what he was trying to do, right? Taking off Giroud?
3: Yeah, I think the logic that he that he offered was that you need to, if you've got 10 men, you need, you need to play on the counterattack a little bit more. You tend to cede, cede of territory and possession in the game. So you need pace, and the pace is better represented by Walcott and Joel Campbell than it is by Olivier Giroud. So I think there is a logic to it. I think we, we think too often about right and wrong decisions, to be honest. I think that, that often managers make what they think is the least worst decision. And I think that either way, if you'd taken off Campbell, then, then you could easily have made the case, oh, well, you know, Arsenal took off one of, one of their more creative players. They took off someone who could have, could have created a chance or run up front for them. You take off Walcott, obviously you're losing all that pace. If you take off Giroud, you're losing your, your kind of point man. There wasn't a, there wasn't a perfect thing to do, and I think in in the moment, Wenger felt that it was it was the least worst option. Whether that was the right call in that situation, I don't know. I don't I don't think there is a right answer. I think what changed it, what made it the wrong answer, was the fact that Chelsea scored two minutes later. And I think if they hadn't done that, and Arsenal go want to win it, which is or, or draw it, which is perfectly feasible if Chelsea don't score then people maybe say, all right, Vendor got that call right. You can understand why he did it. You can understand why he's being criticised. But I think it's all been a little bit blown out of proportion. It's very easy to criticise decisions like that in hindsight.
2: I thought it was, uh, it was the right decision, actually. I mean, I can. if you don't take off Giroud, then yeah, obviously you lose the counter-attacking option because Walcott has to start from, uh, your fast players have to start from deeper. Also, how often do you see a centre-forward up front? And yeah, I'm asking you, Cas, because you may have mm. done this in some games where you're down to 10 men for most of the game and you're up front on your own and people are just lumping balls to you and you're getting the bejesus kicked out of you and you keep losing the ball and everything and you got to run around like a, like a maniac. It's not fun or effective, is it?
1: You could look at every position in the park of who's going to be the most painful, the one you take off. I personally think you take off your worst defender, the player that you might think you'll carry You would have taken more. off
2: Walcott then.
1: Well, if he's the worst defender. Well, who's I, worse than Walcott? Well, you family. could look it at the Campbell, right? Yeah, well I, I I personally do that because you, you well, who would you have taken off in that in that I 11? would have even considered Ozil. Because I think he's a poor defender without the ball. Now, don't get me wrong, I want to play him every day of the week. But I think he's one of the poorest defenders. And when you're going against Chelsea and you've gone down to ten, if you've got sort of a nine and a half, nine and three quarter, because Ozil is incredible on the ball. And also if you take off Giroud... You allow you doesn't have an option with a pass so easily because he's lost his centre forward, who he likes to feed into the ball and get returns from. So I would have took it not because he's not a great player, but because I just think it makes you harder to beat.
2: Okay. That's, that's interesting. That's
3: that's my, my gut right. feeling. and him. then R- Matic gets an offense
2: ten v ten and you wish you would have had But that didn't happen. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Sorry, Murray, go ahead.
3: I was going to say, there's a logic to that, isn't it? Just surely, and Cass made the point in the paper today, that Arsenal never really look, when, whenever they go down to 10 men, which happens pretty much every time they play Chelsea, and on certain other occasions, you never get the impression Arsenal are going to win, because Vendor doesn't seem to, he makes changes, so he brings on Gabriel, as he has to, like you say, but rather than just saying, right, they've got one striker, we'll play with one central defender. But you never get the impression that he's thought, necessarily thought the second step of the move. So surely what, in that situation, I'm not a manager, I'm not even a player, But surely in that situation, you you look at it and think, right, so we need to find a way to to pose a threat despite this numerical disadvantage. How are we going to do that? We're going to play on the counter-attack. So what's the best way to play on the counter-attack is with pace, but with somebody in the middle. So you still need Giroud, you still need Campbell and Walcott. So maybe, Kaz is right, maybe despite the fact that he is Arsenal's best player, Ozil has to come off to make the team as dangerous as it can be in that situation. I think there is a logic to that. But see, isn't yeah.
0: when isn't Arsenal Wenger's thought that they're going to play right? Chelsea to have the ball. We're going to sit down and we're going to counter attack. We're going to get players up the pitch very very quickly. And Giroud's
2: not that kind of player. Was that yeah, what he's thinking? that's exactly yeah. what he's thinking. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> cause we can all see the pros and cons. I, w- I want to chuck this forward, Scott. We, we, we have this idea in our minds, and it's one of those sort of stereotypical truisms that Arsenal are are somehow soft and southern. That they'll just kind of collapse when the going gets tough because you know Tony Adams and Martin Keown aren't there anymore, and that they'll just they'll just shrivel up. They're not doing much to disabuse this notion. I mean, these, I still have them as favorites, but goodness me, like this is just a really well, bad game. I, I, wouldn't, wasn't?
0: I wouldn't say soft is the right word. In, I think in previous years they just haven't had the quality that other teams have
2: had. They haven't uh, had the quality, really.
0: Yeah, in, in key areas, in key areas, I would say. Like where? S- centre center forward, definitely. Oh,
1: center another half.
2: Giroud hater.
0: No, no
1: uh, more. You need more than Giroud.
2: Giroud, uh, three or four centre forwards. Well, you need you need three. Giroud you need Alexis squad. Sanchez, Walcott. You need more than that. Well, they're wide players. And don't also,
3: don't, don't say that's a Theo Walcott, yeah. You'll no, be upset.
1: Uh, w- w- I wouldn't have considered. Were they really in the, the race last year to win the league? You're saying they were when they were. In, I didn't think they were in a contention. No, no. Last but we year.
2: we we have seen year year after year where they they. Yeah, sort of we're going to back before
1: Sanchez it. and Ozil's and whoever you want to mention. That's There true. has been. There's been Nicholas Benton to play out front. But yeah.
3: they 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 had the big hole in central midfield for a long time as well, didn't they? That was the thing that before Crockerland sort of emerged. They 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 had that massive hole in central midfield. Yeah. They didn't have the authority in the center. That was their problem. There was an issue before. Kind of before Murtaugh and Trishelny's partnership, there was an issue with central defence. They have always had one kind of fatal flaw. This is the most complete they've been, I think. But mm. they're only where they are. Dicko's, Dicko's said it in the, again in the paper he's nailed it this morning. That normal season, normal decent season in the Premier League. This Arsenal, this is this is a sort of decent Arsenal team. They're not, they're no better than they were last year, not really. Oh, that's Everyone else is
2: imploded. <laughs> Do you really think they're not, they're not any better? No, I, th- I, I th- think
0: they are better than what they were last year. They're, they're slightly, I think, yeah, I, I think certain players have improved. You fullbacks know? definitely.
1: Yeah.
2: But well, more to the point, when Coughlin is and, and Casola are in there, no mm. disrespect to Flamini and Ramsey, uh, and Ramsey yeah, that play a different role. Yeah, yeah mm. it, when when Casola does his like you know passing. Mm, pilo type role well, in midfield his
0: best season yeah he's been here three seasons now
2: yeah but there's yeah, all the hits types which so will tell you that Ozil's actually been great all the time and we've all just been too thick to see it who says but this you should not read some of our fellow columnists say that but yeah go ahead <laughs> alright well let's cut to the chase then Cass percentage chance that Arsenal win the title where the, the bookies are just over even money's you really you still haven't much a so rank right around fifty percent?
1: I would say forty five to forty, but a good very good chance to win the league.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: Well they have got, got they've got I guess they've got than... Leicester at home coming very soon. It's a very big match.
2: I was really interested in listening. If they don't to win Pete. that game, we realize it's kind yeah, of forced to the way, if they don't win it then but it's
1: Leicester as well. I mean look, I was listening to Peter Schmeichel uh, talking on the T V the other day and I found it really interesting that he talked about games that he'd looked back on during the course of a winning a, a Premier League. And he said some of the results that were at the time seen as pivotal didn't matter. We ended up going on and winning the league. We just compensated with a game that somebody said we couldn't win. And that generally does happen year in, year out. Involving relegation as well. If you look at Sunderland's and Leicester's and what they did in previous seasons, I can go back watching West Ham going on a ridiculous run and having to go to Old Trafford and winning. You know, we can't just dismiss right. okay. every team.
0: Scoring? Yeah, I think it's 50 50 out of the, uh, them and Man City. Yeah.
2: Leicester's still getting no love whatsoever. Uh, can you can you help, Rory? Or, I, or maybe, I think... maybe even Spurs, who, you know, let's all laugh yeah. at Spurs. Ha ha ha, how funny. They're only two points back. I think it
3: is 40, 40% Arsenal 40% City yeah. I think the other 20% is split between Leicester and Tottenham
1: Would you Would you say like where's the evidence of Leicester falling apart? The,
0: the evidence will come when all of a sudden well, there's do. pressure on them when they are 7-8 games ago and you're thinking they have got Sunderland at home, I don't know if they've got Sunderland yeah. at home or not, and think, God, this is a must-win game mm. if we're going to win. Well, and I all of a sudden, the pressure
1: games. goes right up to the roof. Well, I, I don't know. It, uh, why would they yes. be under pressure? There's no... Exactly. Uh, they, they're, they're in a position that they must be dreaming of. must be yes. great to go training today. Uh, I'm, I'm, sure
3: certainly. Got, I'm sure Lester it is. I'm sure it is. Leicester have got a really hard February. So they don't, the do do, do though, Arsenal. because
2: it's Liverpool. No, they could beat Liverpool. Yeah, Man City and Arsenal
3: away. What I was going to say was, that on paper, they have a really hard February. I agree Liverpool, City and Arsenal are not quite the the titans that we all think they are. But they will drop points in February, there's no question about that. What might work for Leicester, because I think Stoey's right to an extent that I think if they were leading with five, six games to go, they they, they might suddenly kind of buckle. But I think what might work for Leicester to make them No but to make them contenders, if they do drop points in February and the others sort of go two or three points ahead then the is completely off Leicester.
1: They've got the top goal scorer at the moment. They've got the third best assist in Mares. They've got two central defenders who have absolutely been rock solid, conceded 23 goals all season. They've got a goalkeeper who hasn't even been called upon, hardly.
2: And you haven't even mentioned their best player this season.
1: Well, you could go from Drinkwater to Kante to. Kante, there well... you
2: go. Uh, we need to talk about Chelsea. 14 points off of fourth place, 15 games to go. John Terry was asked if a top four finish is doable. No. And no, no, I don't think so. Well, no. if it's
0: fifteen yeah. games, if you, you just work it out, they've got to win five games, and whoever's
2: fourth Tottenham got to lose five oh. games just for them to catch up. Right, but you look at some of the, I mean, you look at some of the really distinctly unimpressive teams ahead of them, and
0: I don't know. Oh, just, a, just are a Chelsea in that great form that they. Yeah, it's a fantastic result for them <laughs> yesterday. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, they're not. But you know, when you do the the maths of trying to
1: spin it and saying them winning, and you know you if Tottenham had a great second part of the season then they've got another three or four points to catch up on the ones above them it's the cities right. and Arsenal so no I I, okay. I think Tottenham will easily match Chelsea on points
2: alright start thinking about this I will ask you this later how many Spurs if you actually I'm going to ask Gowie this specifically if you were the Glazers and you bought Spurs and absorbed them into the United team how many Spurs players would get into a combined best 11 don't tell me now think about it probably a bet Nine <laughs> There you go <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> and that's terrifying. And it's one of them De ha- and it's one of them uh to ha- you'd still take De Gea over Larice. Yeah. Which do. is obviously yeah. very close. West Ham and Manchester City. Now this is I I I thought this is interesting because I looked at this and people were saying, Oh look, City dropped points. I mean, they're playing West Ham away. This is the same city team where we go and we complain about like, you know, the defending is bad and Yaya Torres, you know, is kind of like flickers on and off and whatever else. This is a good result, right?
1: Yeah. West Ham, West Ham are a really good side and, you know, he's got a lot going there. But it's where you just... I've, I didn't think they'd win before the game. When I was looking at it, I thought, do you know what? It'd be a tough game for them to win there. Upton Park... You know, they move the ball really quickly. And I just I, th- I think City conceding goals. I know you said there that down the middle, but they are poor. They will concede from central position. Joe asked Paul to save out Dimitri Piaz out of the top draw
0: to, to stop them losing the game. West Ham are a good side. Yeah. If they, if they get everyone yeah, they fit, are, yeah. they're a good side.
2: Well, Roy, uh, you went to see your, your mate, Adrian, in some, into this piece about goalkeepers in the Premier League, which, you know, actually I'll just be brutally honest. All those stats at the beginning. Did, did EA Sports or whoever sponsored it make you put them in?
3: No, but it just illustrates that by they, certain gauges, Adrian is, is up there.
2: No, no, no. This they, they were just kind of stupid, meaningless, really bad, like save percentage shots. I, it's not they're not. They're not. It's not serious analytics. But the rest of the piece was really good. Feel free to continue. <laughs> but you agree with me, right?
3: Dog keepers are. It's very hard to to get really sort of meaningful numbers. Exactly. on roll keepers.
2: There's Exactly. There's
3: no question about that. But I think save save percentage is. Probably the best gauge, and the, the others were kind of dressed up as mm. as, as a weight of evidence. I mean, I'm not saying any of them are conclusive, but I don't, That's how I don't Liverpool ended up me, with Mignolet but, Yes, it is. That's true.
2: <laughs> what did he did? Did he talk to you? Did you guys just talk boring goalkeeper stuff, or did he talk to you about Payet as well?
3: He talked a little bit about Payet. Yep.
2: To me, he seems to be just just on 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 another level.
3: I like the way with Payet that um that that West Ham. I think it was David Gold who actually sort of first alerted West Ham to Dimitri Payet. And you get in this kind of, this, this story of, of kind of, oh, you know, it's great to have an owner who, who really knows his European football and who really pays attention to up-and-coming young stars, right? Dimitri Paye was 28 and he had mm. more assists than anybody else in Europe, which, again, is not a, necessarily a particularly meaningful statistic. But it, it's, it's the sort of number that you look at and every club in the top six, every, every, every club across Europe should have looked and thought, mm. hmm. Dimitri Payet has more assists than anybody else. I wonder if he's any good. And it could be, it could be that it's a fluke. Like it, it's possible that it's a fluke. Like, well, it, or it could off.
2: be a Bielsa effect, or, or, yeah, or. The, the, I think the yeah. reason people are scared off the Rory is the fact that yeah. he has a reputation historically as being
3: troublesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. and a bit but, volatile. Hmm. But it just reminds me of the Papis Cisse the and Johan Cabaye yes. yeah. Finn at Newcastle, where Newcastle got all this credit for for signing the captain of the French champion as a lead, the second leading scorer in the Bundesliga, and they're, they're, yeah. it's as though they had gone into the jungles of Vietnam and found the world's greatest footballer. I agree with you; the reputation has always been relatively bad as Pié. But if you actually if you go through a lot of those incidents, there's there's kind of not mitigating circumstances, but they're kind of, they're, they're at least explicable. He's obviously just quite a sort of strong character. Right. Well, I mean, and, and it's I, also,
2: he's not, he's, not, he's not a 28, the same guy yeah. he was a 22, no, exactly, 23. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cass.
1: My boy, oh, he must be become a scout, my boy. He lives in France.
2: And two
1: and a half, three years ago, he said, Dad, what's the difference?
2: He's referring to your son here. Yeah, my son. When you say yeah, my, my boy? Son. Like it's yeah, not some boy. sort of lingo. He's a Marseille like, fan. And okay. he
1: said to me, Dad, you've got to see this lad Piat play. He's unbelievable. So I got a few clips of him and watched him and, and thought yeah, he's got something very different. But I saw him play in many different positions. I didn't just see him play like he did for West Ham you'd sometimes see him just on a w- off-wide position. I've even seen him play centre-forward for Marseille. And he was put in that position as well. And I'd see what came out from the weekend. you think that City have spent £50 million on the Bruyne and 50 odd million in Sterling and they ain't got as much as him? I, don't, I, I really don't believe they're as good as, uh, as complete as he is as a player. Scorey's making a face
0: he's a very good I've I've seen Pae I've actually um, a good friend of mine is uh, a coach for the under 21s at West Ham and when he first came over it's the Europa League. They have to qualify in the summer. For West Ham, played and he, he's—you've uh, uh, never seen anyone like it for for technical ability and everything. Like
2: De Bruyne, and wait. So, like did that. he really say he's never seen anything? But but he, like he honestly,
0: honestly, he, he's, he said he, his ability-wise in training. He said for the first three or four weeks when I had him, and nobody really expected. They just thought he's a, a sign-in. Hopefully, he'll do well. Right. And, all and your friend sudden,
2: wasn't there when Paolo Di Canio was there, was he? At West Ham. No, or wasn't. Trevor Brooking? Yeah, I mean, it was probably, probably not. But Okay, how no, just, old, just, just how checking.
3: How old do you think Scully's friends are if they were there? <laughs> <laughs> so, if well, like Trevor Brookings <laughs> was there. <laughs> you know, okay. Football
2: started in 92, Gab. You know, well, where's this? <laughs> and uh, th- th- this is the fun of live podcasts. Tony Cascarino is leaving us. Might you be back? Maybe
1: no, no, I've got to go, Gab. Um, but All it's right. With well, the pleasure, I left you with to start picking on James on about previous great West Ham players.
2: Your friend's ne- well, it's just weird when your friend says he's never seen anybody. he well, on tele- television. He's
1: Thirty
0: years old. He's a very talented coach, and he said you have to. How see old this is he? Thirty years old. Okay. He's a future. He said you have to see this boy Payet eh, play.
2: Because he's never seen anything. He said like in
0: training. It. He said I couldn't believe I've mm-hmm. never seen anything as good as this man.
2: Okay, so why were you making a face when he was pra- when, he, when 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 Cass was praising
0: Payet? I think Kevin De Bruyne's been an excellent signing for Man City. You think he's probably. a better player than Payet? I, I think you'll get more out of him. I, I, I'm not quite sure of the, the, the shelf life of Payet. Can I say something about
3: something about West Ham, please? Is that allowed? Yes. First of all, so Adrian's a really nice bloke.
2: You always say, like, about he's, what, a, what a nice guy he is.
3: You no, know, he's a lovely man. I, I, and I'm it really doesn't really bother
2: you that he wears tights.
3: It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Like some of my best friends wear tights. Yeah. Uh, the My wife wears tights. I think there's something's been lost a little bit in the kind of constant... Sort of diet of um, of like oh everything's a crisis all the time you can't drop points as soon as you drop points it's terrible there are certain rounds where a point is a good result just whatever the circumstances whatever the whatever the result whatever the outcome a draw is a good is a good result to get
2: well and- does that does that change though when you look at the way. And or the, the the way that, that that goal was conceded with with autom- and off the throw. I mean, look, look,
3: there, there were, look. But we know City are flawed. Like we know that they do switch off a bit. We know that they have weaknesses. We know that you can get at them. We know that they don't turn on every week. We know we know all that stuff. That's the only reason that they've got a forty percent chance of winning the title rather than like an eighty percent chance of winning the title. Which is for all that Arsenal has been the best side this season, City on paper should be walking away with it. But I don't think you can criticize them too much for drawing at West Ham. You can you can pinpoint errors in how they got that draw. up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Let's pinpoint errors here in this, okay? I'm Sheikh Mansour. no, actually because he probably wouldn't get it. Uh, I'll be Khaldun al-Mubarak. And I'm asking myself, all right. so I got all these good attacking players and I go into the season with Mangala, with all his issues, Demichelis, who's older than Skowy and Definitely older than Scoey's friend at West Ham. This guy Otamendi, who's like presented to me like he's he's kind of Bobby Moore, Franco mm. Bares and Godzilla rolled into one. And he certainly has the uh, look. But when I actually dig a little bit, I kind of see that, you know, he's he's like twenty-eight or, or sorry, however old he was, twenty-six at, at the time. But he's kinda like a mid-career. And he's really only had a couple seasons where he's been good. And I have to pay an arm and a leg for him. I, might I not kind of wonder, kind of what's going on here? Like, why couldn't? Oh, and then I have Company, who who, who seems to have congenital injury issues. This is a major letdown, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's, it's just I, really, really, really bad.
3: I think it's, it's, it's bad recruitment at the prices they've paid. Certainly, I don't think that any of those are bad players. So company obviously going to have to write off. The, the City got the same same issue with Company as Liverpool have with Storage. The, they're they're caught in that difficult position where, and, I, and it's genuinely difficult. I think there needs there needs to be more understanding of it, of what do you do in that situation? Do you say we we're, we're going to assume he's not going to be fit? Or do you say, right, we're going to assume that at some point he will be fit so we can't replace him with a £40 million pound central defender?
2: But they did but, because they signed, they, they, they signed Otamendi.
3: No, I think Otamendi was brought in basically because the, the, the thinking was that De Michaelis was no longer useful yeah, if he Roy, ever has been.
2: Yeah, but Roy, this, this is my thing, right? At £40 million, I want a guy who's going to be a leader, not just be a really good defender, right? So yeah, when it becomes obvious that company's going to miss most of the season, at that point, I would expect Nicolas Otamendi to step up. Right? But and you know, what, you. you know what annoys me a little bit about our, the way we sort of manufacture our stars, right? You know, look at how many caps for Argentina, how many Argentina caps Nicolai Otamendi actually has. You realize it's not that many for a 40 million... Again, I don't have these numbers off the top of my head. But given that Argentina have kind of had a crisis at centre-back for a long, long time, mm. and you would expect this dude to have 50, 60 caps, right? But he doesn't. Yeah. Nope. There's gotta no. There's got to be I- a reason why.
3: Do you not th- well, so in terms of the price Gab, I, 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 everything you said is right Do you not think that, obviously there's a City tax because City have got a lot of money so yeah. foreign clubs charge them more, fine there's a Premier League tax so foreign clubs charge all of them more, fine Real Madrid were in for as well so that drives up the price a little bit more, fine George Mendes was involved that drives up the price even more, fine but do you not think as well that there, isn't, there is a genuine issue once you go past Thiago Silva and people like that with, with centre-backs that are available for sale there's not that many who are that good
2: no, I completely disagree with that. And unfortunately, I know you do, but you're wrong. No, I'm, 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 I'm definitely very, very right on this one. And, and I just think it's one of those sort of perception issues. And I agree with you on the tax and the things that, that, that drove up the situation. By the same token, this was one situation where Valencia had spent something like 170 million euros, like 140 million, 130 million pounds, something absurd close to that. Something absurd, right? Mm. Peter Lim obviously was going to need it to get his money back. In that situation, you can force a deal because you have them over a barrel. They have to sell. Yeah, they have no choice but to sell. And Otamendi wanted to come. You know that should be the situation that kind of works the other way around if you know how to play it. I I don't know. I, I think there's a lot more to this deal and why why it happened and how it happened uh, than that meets the eye. But that may be an argument. Uh, a discussion for for a different time.
3: There is also, and w- where I suspect we can find common ground, there is also a di- certain more than a degree. There is that city, city's recruitment has certainly in defence has not been particularly good.
0: They need to employ a certain Rory Smith with you know,
2: his.
3: Well, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that, that no one's poached Marcotti to be director of football.
2: To be honest, I don't think that the kind of clubs that would poach me can afford me, and the kind of clubs who can afford me don't want me. Let's move on to our debate this week. Background to this is on Friday, UEFA's executive committee approved goal line technology for the European Championships and also for the Champions League. And they're they're actually going to go and they're going to go and they're going to pay to install it. You because know, you know some of these small grounds, obviously, it's expensive. And if I'm in Cyprus or whatever, you know, you are like, hey, do I really can I afford this? And no, UEFA will will go and pay for this. Now that means, but they're going to keep the additional assistant referees. I'm kind of happy when stuff like this happens because Rory, I'm one of the people who said all along, both are very, very good ideas, and I think it's idiotic and self-serving that until not that long ago they were seen as mutually exclusive, largely because you had Sepp Blatter on one side and Michel Platini uh, on the other. Am I a little bit right or extremely right?
3: I think you're right. I, I I've never had a problem with the with the assistant referee with the extra assistant referees system. I think that. But then, I, I don't know, and, and not that I'm trying to dress myself as being different, I'm not that uncomfortable with there being a d- degree of error in football. I, I, don't, I don't think that necessarily everything has to be scientifically proven all the time. I, I understand why everybody wants it and all, and all that stuff, but it, doesn't, it genuinely isn't something that really bothers me, especially just largely the, high, the really high-profile video technology incidents tend to be England, to England's detriment, and I find that moderately hilarious. Yeah, no, I think that the assistant referees plan is, 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 is fine. I think they, they, they do more than they're given credit for. And I think to an extent, the reason they were so kind of scorned in this country is because they were a UEFA suggestion rather than anybody else. I think for high-profile tournament, there's no reason not to have video technology. Again, I can see the argument of you've got to have kind of consistency throughout every level. But then kind of do you? Do you really? That's not really how it works. It's not like at Sunday lead level. They expect Premier League conditions. There's a lot of kind of false thinking and problem finding.
2: It goes on with it. Scully, the only thing that gets me a little bit about goal line technology is it's kind of like, ooh, the cameras are there and the light goes on and, you know, with the eye, you're not really sure, but hey, it says that it's a goal, so it must be a goal. How long before this happens in the Premier League? Because I think they've done a very good job of kind of steering the debate. Oh, no, it'll cost money and we need to train more referees and whatever. But, I mean, I can think of, there's a whole bunch of incidents that obviously would have, I think, would have clearly been we could have avoided this season in the Premier League with the use of additional assistant referees.
0: It's where do you put those assistant referees? I'm not a fan of how they do it at the back of the goals or the side of the goals. I don't really see them making too many decisions, really. You know, I'm with Rory as well. I don't think we should get too advanced too early. I think it will slowly come in. I think the goal line technology has been a plus. I think the next stage is just to have somebody in a studio with you know a referee has a mic, which are doing it, who can just feed information into him. If you did it without people you knowing
2: No, know, that's what the additional that that's what they, they they do now. They're mic'd up to each other and the people behind the goal yeah, but if, you had,
3: if you had someone watching a TV yeah, scene, then, then that, there, there is def- there's definitely a logic to that.
2: But then you go back to stage one, which is you'd be watching whatever the TV director decides he should watch.
0: No, but if you put a time, if there's like a three seconds, let's say yesterday when uh, Mertesacker fails Costa, uh, Klassenberg runs over, he steps away, he does what every good referee does, he just gives himself four or five seconds just to run it through. In those four or five seconds, you could have somebody saying, yeah, it's a red
3: and also, in, in terms of the, the, the issue of the directorial cuts and the, the sort of subconscious or subliminal editing of, of, of a game, if you look at what the NBA does, they have that system where all of the feeds feed back to a central location, I think in New York or New Jersey, where they there are a team of people watching every single game in the NBA, and they can make that decision based on, I think, 14 different feeds, nine of which or seven of which or eight of which or something. Are the TV feeds, but they also have access to other in-stadium feeds. Now, obviously, basketball, like all American sports, is different. They're more used to um, kind of breaking okay, me... play and all that stuff. But football has to make a choice. You, you, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, as Voltaire once said. Right, I just so yeah, the, want... the, the,
2: the the thing which 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 was kind of bugs me about this is that so few people have. I've really taken a look at the logistics. I take your point with basketball, and as you're saying, and I completely agree with you, Roy. the perfect is the enemy of the good and all this jazz. But there is really solid data of the, of the impact that additional assistant referees behind the goal have had. The fact that, you know, in, in, on, in terms of things like shirt pulling, on unset pieces, in terms of simply having a different vantage point, like on, on, on the incident yesterday, Klatenberg was looking from one side and... Had there been a guy behind a goal, or, or Peter Check in goal was looking from the other direction, right? Could you replicate that with cameras? Sure, you could, and I think maybe that's what we're going to do if, if, if ultimately we, we have instant replay and, and whatever else. But in the meantime, you have a real-time sentient being who's there to help the match oh, yeah. official and is constantly talking to him.
3: And there's no question, as I said, I don't think anyone's arguing, except maybe Scully, the the additional assistance have, I don't think they've been a bad thing at all. And in in many ways, given the employment crisis that Europe's facing, maybe we should have as many referees as possible just so that, just just to solve kind of unemployment issues. There comes a point where it's a bit silly to kind of just throw in extra bodies and loads and loads of extra bodies. When you could, you, you, you do have the technology available, and that's always the argument. The technology exists. If football is prepared to have a few extra seconds of delay in, in decision making to make sure that everything is right, then football has to make the, the decision, football in general I suppose, the football family have to make the decision whether they are prepared to do that. In the meantime, the additional assistant referees, yeah, they're a good thing. And there's no question that if that if the English had come up with that idea then the English would support it, and the only reason they
2: don't is because it was UEFA. No question about that. At all. Right, and that in the NBA they also have three referees already covering a much much smaller, uh, much much smaller court. And by the way, you may be wondering why we don't spend a lot of time talking about Manchester United and uh, and Mourinho and all this jazz and Van Howe. Well, it's because we're taping on Monday morning, and um, well, we thought that. Maybe Van Howell would be seeking alternative employment right now. We could talk about that. But that hasn't happened as of this taping. So, uh, hence, you get goal line technology and additional assistant referees. Enjoy them in the Champions League uh, next year and the uh, European Championships this summer. Can't wait. <laughs> You're excited, aren't <laughs> <right>? you? <Yeah. laughs> right, how about some quick hits? Scowy's old team, Leicester City, Pummelstoke, 3-0. Danny Drinkwater is called the English Pierlo by one Christian Fuchs, who, of course, is the Christian the devil warned you about. And guess what? There are three points clear at the top. Rory, have you joined the ranks of the believers? To what degree do you have king power?
3: Nice, nice. I um, yeah. I, 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 as I said before, I think they've got, they, they do have a chance of winning the title. I think we have we have to accept that now. I think it's now very difficult for them not to be in the Champions League next season. They'd have to have like a real tilap not to be in the Champions League whether they'll win the lead is a different matter but regardless they've done English football a power of good Leicester City a king power of good
2: there you go and I think a lot of it is because of that that British uh, uh, spine that they have uh, undoubtedly
3: I think part of it is because of their massive German centre half who's been brilliant this season Robert Hoof been absolutely brilliant.
2: I think all the stars are aligning for Leicester City. By the way, if you want to go and humiliate uh, some of the regulars on this program, go back to uh, I think it was October or November when uh, a vast majority said that Chelsea would finish higher than Leicester in the league. Tottenham Hotspur defeat Crystal Palace. Scoey's other old team, 3-1. But it's Dele Alli who steals the show with the Worthington-esque goal. Scoey, can you talk us through it and tell us how difficult it really is because I have a feeling that you've probably done stuff like this in training or maybe in your back garden playing against six-year-olds as like a fully-fledged adult. But what did this entail? Well, the first foot entails a, a lot of composure to do something like that.
0: If, what you don't realise is when you watch football, you don't realise the speed. That the game is played until you're actually on the pitch. So to actually have the composure and and just focus on your first touch, your second touch, and then getting your technique right with, with the volley. The lad deserves a lot of credit. He's just going from strength to strength, isn't he? And it says here Worthington S goal. You know, against it was against
2: one of my former clubs Ipswich as
0: well. Probably be goal of the season.
2: Twilight Zone stuff at Carrow Road, where Liverpool win 5-4 after conceding an equaliser and scoring a winner in injury time. Rory-Jürgen Klopp enjoyed it so much, he jumped around like a maniac and broke his glasses, and then made a joke about how he couldn't find his second spare pair of glasses because he'd broken his original pair, (laughs) and ha-ha-ha-ha, we all laugh. On a more serious note, should he be so happy given that he just conceded four goals against Norwich, against Bocconi and Naismith?
3: Well, look, So there's, there's, there's two things here. One is, is, first of all, it was a good game in the sense that it was entertaining. It, it was deeply embarrassing for everyone concerned. I, I, I don't think either team should take a huge amount of pride from that performance. But at the same time, and I, I saw on Twitter, having watched the game, lots of people kind of mocking the players and Clark for celebrating so much and for being so kind of over-enthusiastic kind of enthusiastic in their in the celebrations. As a football fan, if you can't why... A team would behave like that, having won in those circumstances. You're doing football wrong. So let's have a little bit of joy. It was dramatic.
2: A bit of joy. I think that's a disconnect. As a neutral, it was absolutely dramatic, and you're up out of your seat. And I think it's one of those things where you look back on the cold, hard light of, uh, of day. I was on a show with uh, a very dejected Liverpool fan, one Stevie Nichol, who basically said it was absolutely horrendous.
3: Oh, it's like it's like a, it's like, a, like it's looking back on a really good night out that you've had where you've done something embarrassing, isn't it? It's the same feeling.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't I'd, know that, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> More dire stuff from Manchester United, who lose 1-0 at home to Southampton. Louis van Gaal even seems to talk in the past tense now. Uh, it's been reported that he's gone to Holland for, for some reason, but um, it's also been reported that he'll come back. The a lot went on this weekend. Uh, do you have any clever theories as to why he has a job and Mourinho is unemployed? Um
0: yeah, well, there's the obvious one that a family 5,000 miles away called the glaziers are totally incapable of running a football club
2: They're glaziers not glaziers glaziers where, where are, are people called, who go oh, in they're, like they're glazier someone... window
0: Right. Well, they're, they're not a family that go around practicing the name gab to be honest right. with you um, Are totally incapable of running a football club is probably the uh, the best theory
2: Wait, do so you blame the glaziers more than you blame woody? Yeah Really? So do do you really think? But this, this is this is interesting. Sorry, I have a tiny digression. No, 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 I don't actually. Do so. you really think the glazers are sitting there and being like, "Yeah, man, that that Louis Van Gaal, we got to keep him around"? Do you really think? You really think? Well, what th- are they doing then?
0: What do you? So you tell me. No, what I I, they're I, w- doing.
2: I would assume that it's Ed Woodward who advises them, and so tells
0: employed them employed Ed Woodward.
2: But but sorry. You
0: employed Ed Woodward.
2: Okay, so it's a little bit like I don't know anything uh, about electrics, right? So I call an electrician to go and wire my home, and the house sets and the house catches on fire because he does it incorrectly and he's an incompetent fool. And then you would blame me, right? Rather than my electrician.
3: No, but that's not a perfect parallel, Dad, because what what Stowe's saying is quite right. Ed Woodward doesn't know anything about
2: football, so why do le- and
3: employ Ed Woodward? The Blazers haven't employed an electrician. They've, their electricians have gone wrong, so they've employed a mechanic.
2: <laughs> That's a good point. That, that is a, a far more apt analogy. Now, it's three wins on the spin for Southampton, who are now up to eighth place. Crisis over. Uh, Rory, can we put Ronald Koeman back among the candidate for the next big job that opens up? And uh, how pleased are you for your mate, Charlie Austin?
3: Uh, no, we can't. I think Koeman, in, in answer to your first question, Koeman is a good manager, but he's not a Chelsea manager or a Manchester United manager or anything like that although it would be hilarious if he succeeded by Hal I'm delighted Southampton are sort of back on the straight and narrow they're they're still a great club still very well run still a lot other people can learn from them Charlie Austin good header that's what he'll do gets your goals doesn't he gets your
2: goals there you go. Scully, I'm going to ask you about this, because um, even though Rory was at this game, but uh, Swansea win at Everton as Francesco Guidolin makes his debut on the Swans bench. John Stones had a bit of a stinker, not for the first time, and yet I read in the papers that he's supposedly a 50 million pound target for every big club out there. Can you please explain this?
0: There's two thoughts, in there? Yes, he did have a stinker because he f- was at fault for the uh, the first goal, really. And we've seen several errors like that. I- I'm not quite sure. You know, J- Jamie Carragher, I don't know if you saw it. or No, it was Graham Soonis, so I do apologise. Hit the nail on the head. He said, when I see the lad, I- I'd love to ask him who he looks up to and who he models his game on.
2: Because it's I'm, not Phil Jagielka.
0: No. And it's not John Terry.
2: It's not Sylvan Distan either.
0: no. So, to who, you know, he's a defender. OK, he's technically good and, and he's ball, but that comes second. You defend first and then your technique, your ability comes second. But he seems to have this sort of, you know, I'm going to try and dictate play from the back and have 55 touches on the ball when I get it. There's no need. You, you know, you're going to make Didn't mistakes Didn't Sooners like play that. with Alan Hansen, who was known
2: as a bit of a passer at the back?
0: He would passable forward. I'm sure he wouldn't do a Cruyff turn in uh, his own penalty box and try and... Yeah, the goalkeeper, you have it when I'm five yards away and you've got a centre-forward bearing down on you.
2: Rory, stick up for the ball-playing centre-back, please.
3: Take Scully and his point. I think Stones, to an extent, is a product of his environment. I think that's what English academies, and Scully will know this, I think yeah. there has definitely been a drive in academies to tell defenders they have to do that. It was quite interesting yesterday, twice, the first, the first one was midway through the first half, second one midway through the second half, where Stones came out from the back with the ball. And he looks very elegant, he's very graceful, and the problem was that no-one was moving in front of him, so he didn't have a, a natural pass-off. But the fans got really, really agitated with him, specifically with him, not with the team, with him. And I think there is a frustration amongst not just Everton fans, but probably kind of more fans than that, 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 that there is this kind of prioritisation of of looking elegant in possession and, and looking for, you know, bringing the ball out. Occasionally, you kind of just want your defenders to be defenders and I think that annoys them a little bit. And I, I, I do have sympathy with it. He's got huge potential, but a lot of it is still just potential.
0: Gab, one for you. Juventus took on Roma in Serie A, looking to make
2: it 11 wins in a row. How did it work out for them? It worked out extremely well for them and they needed the win because Napoli had previously won 4-2 at Sampdoria with Gonzalo Higuain making it 21 league goals in 21 league games. It was it was a it was a tight affair, it was a testy affair. Roma quite defensive under Spalletti, but in the end, Paolo Dybala, the difference maker. If you haven't had a chance to see this guy, go watch him because and you can get Pogba in the same game, so it's kind of like a two for one. But he's really one of the most exciting, mature attacking talents uh, out there right now. And your tip for Serie A is? When I went against Juve. Um, my tip was Roma. I might, um Napoli. Did Napoli have a chance? I said, sort of love
0: Napoli in the '80s with Maradona.
2: Well, then you'll love them now because they have Insigne, who's little like like Maradona, and they have Higuain who scores a bazillion goals. Uh, like how is doing uh, at Napoli? Uh, not, he's not really he's not really playing. Yeah, he's had a couple substitute appearances. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, hope you uh, enjoyed uh, this um, this as live taping with all the excitement of. Tony Cascarino leaving the room many many thanks to my guests today Rory K Smith who made the effort of joining us from from far away using some sort of mobile telephony uh, James Scowcroft who made the effort of coming in from his home in was it Barry Saint. Edmunds or some far far away place east uh, and where there's always traffic right when you come into town always. Always. Today was particularly a bad gab, if you mean. Thank you. And thanks also to Tony Cascarino. So, it's okay for you. You know, you live in Mayfair. so You know, you just have to struggle I don't in live in Mayfair. I live in Kensington. And uh, my thanks to Tony Cascarino, who has left the room. Uh, you can press that subscribe button. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Now, I won't be here next week because I am away. But I'm sure you'll have uh, a very competent... Max Ruston back. He's very good. Hopefully exactly. it's going to be... Exactly. Hope it's going to be Max Rushton, so that... Uh,
3: we, we, we all hope every week it's going to be Max Rushton. Yes. It flies.
0: The program is so smooth and fun.
2: He's a real professional, isn't he,
3: going...
0: It's a real
2: deal. But anyway, Max Rushton. <laughs> uh, will he be back? We don't know, because our producer, Dave McGuire... He doesn't hasn't. know either. No. So you can uh, press that subscribe button and get us delivered to your uh, iPad or similar device uh, every single week. And remember... You can also get exclusive football highlights free as part of your subscription. So if you don't like match of the day or whatever the program is called in your place, you can just watch them uh, on a mobile device if you have a Times subscription. It's just £12 for a 12-week trial. Just search The Times online. Till next time, bye-bye.
1: Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away.
0: Thank you for downloading. To discover more,
2: head to thetimes.co.uk.